Now, that said, follow as I read a paragraph out of Luke 14, um, starting at verse 7, and we'll conclude at verse 11, and it reads like this. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him, and he who invited you both will come say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God, this endures forever. Guys, you will see, as noted in the, in the text itself, this is a parable. It's a, it's a very unusual parable. It's, it's far different than most of, other, most of Jesus' other parables. But the point that he makes is clear. And the point that he makes is radical. You know, it's, it's, it's places like this, or the passages like this, that give people great pleasure in calling Jesus a revolutionary because Jesus taught things that flew into the face of, of convention, of conventional norms. Um, he uses this passage, not only this one, by the way, it continues on really through verse 24, but he uses it to talk of all things about feasts about banquets and he talks about the the uh, the behavior that is that is um, that we should perform or exhibit at a feast and then he goes on to talk about how you make up your guest list that's in verses 12 through 24 who you should invite but we all know that this is not about guest lists it's really not even about behavior it's about a principle that is stuck in the bottom of this little parable that is utterly profound. Um, if you exalt yourself, you'll be humble. But if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. Gang, do you see the gospel in that? Here in this almost out of the way place in the scriptures, Jesus takes a feast and he gives them a principle and then, and then wedges the gospel in there. Let's do that too. Gang, um, the younger generations may um, scoff at the idea of table manners. You know, they perhaps call it, uh, you know, a leftover from the Victorian age. It's just, uh, you know, a hangover that, you know, you don't need to worry. But, but I would suggest that even they, 
would agree that there are certain boundaries that should be observed uh, in terms of having mealtime. For example, here's a good one. Toddlers are not seated at the table. They're seated in high chairs because toddlers, as you know, tend to, you know, rub their hair in the food and and throw some every now and then and and it's very cute and very funny for a while but before you can have the toddlers admitted to the table they've got to be civilized they've got to learn certain things they've got to learn that certain behaviors are not acceptable at this mealtime um, and maybe not all of the ones that we would like for them to know, but at least certain fundamentals, these, these toddlers have got to learn before they're allowed to move into the table along with the big people. Now, things like, um, you know, chewing with your mouth open uh, or smacking, which can absolutely ruin the table experience for some of us. But maybe that's not necessary. Maybe that's just going too far. But there are certain things that that I think you'll agree um, are required before you can ever enter this table. And and this is interesting, I think. Cultures differ about what's, what's required. I mean, have you ever eaten in India? They eat with their hands and they do it quite well. It's fascinating to watch. But guys, what I'm saying is that the lesson in this parable is really not so much about the feast and table manners like we would think of them, but it is communicating that becoming a Christian means, or at least part of what it means is acquiring a whole new set of habits. And then he mentions one that's huge. You know, folks, um, Jesus spoke about feasting quite a lot. You can find it all through the Gospels and then, of course, in the book of Revelation. Uh, There's much there. And the word feast almost became synonymous, almost a metaphor for the kingdom. You know, Jesus was accused of being a, a wine-bibber and a glutton because there was so much feasting being discussed and that was going on through the three years of his ministry. Gang, here in this little parable, What he says is that instead of that mad scramble for the places of honor, um, he goes on to explain that what we should be doing in one of those radical pieces of Christian ethic is that we are to choose not the places of honor, but the opposite because you see ladies and gentlemen humility in the kingdom is the way to honor 
This little parable is talking about the essentiality of wisdom, excuse me, the essentiality of humility and the wisdom of humility. One of the things that ought to characterize us as we make our way into the feast is humility. You see, it's a table manner to be admitted into the eternal heavenly feast requires that one comes clothed in humility. All of this talk about what a wonderful person I am, mm. all of this talk about all of my good things that I've done in my life because you see one of the kingdom table manners is that if you exalt yourself you're going to be humbled Guys, Christians are people who know that the only reason we're, at, we're invited to this feast at all is because of him. We, um, we didn't earn our invitation to this banquet. He gave it to us. He gave it to us as a gift. And to speak of honor oh, we know better we, we know that we have no merit the only thing we got to offer is demerit so coming into the kingdom really in large measure on display in this sacrament Coming to this table means that we fully and that we gladly and we happily admit that the only reason that we can come at all is because of the person and work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Listen to me. We have no right here. In fact, if we got what we deserved, we would never be brought into this kingdom or to this meal. But the good news of the gospel is simply this. We can come because of him. The one who taught the parable and made his point and if you've not gotten this point you've not understood the gospel here's the point he who exalts himself will be humbled he who humbles himself will be exalted Christianity starts with an act of humbling one's self. 
Christians are people who understand that the only rights I have before God are the rights I have because I belong to him. And having entered Christianity that way, we spend the rest of our Christian experience pursuing more. Pursuing more humility. Because we know that there's not enough merit in this entire room to fill up one of these cups. The only merit that there is is the merit of Christ Jesus given to us as a gift which has humbled us and given us a place at the table. Oh, you humbled saint, come join me as we remember his person and his work. Let's pray together. Our Father, would you make this very clear to all who listen that the only, the only right of admission to the kingdom feast is a right that was given to us by a crucified Savior that what we bring to this table is nothing but demerit. We don't come because we've been baptized. We don't come because we're church members. We come pleading the shed blood and broken body of Jesus Christ on our behalf. So Father, would you meet us here and remind us that our soul is safe because Jesus Christ has performed his work. We pray, of course, in his name. Amen.